sanctuary area. That would be great. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Well, we happen to have like 24 people next door going through membership classes tonight, which is really cool. 24 more people to add to the family of God here at High Desert Word Center. So that's pretty cool. Amen. Well, let's all stand up and we're going to uh, speak some words of faith over America. Hallelujah. You ready for this? Amen. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hallelujah. Okay, you may be seated. All right. Well, um, who, who knows what's going on next Sunday night around here? Anybody know? We're having a barbecue. So 6 o'clock, we're not having a service next Sunday night, but uh, we're going to have a barbecue. And uh, I don't know what happened to the sign-up sheet. They must have all the food they need, I guess. I don't know. But if you want to, you know, if you need to bring something, bring something. And also, on the 17th Monday is Pastor's uh, 72nd birthday. And so we want to honor him uh, on, uh, on next Sunday night. So buy a birthday card and... Write a nice message in there for him, and he would really appreciate that, okay? All right, okay. Well, I cannot think of any other announcements because Pastor Dave didn't leave me a list. <laughs> and I think that's all that's going on right now, right? Correctamente, okay. All right, oh, all, well, well, so, well, pastors Dave and Katie are not in here. If you also notice on the bottom of this this little thing that got uh, given to all of you, on Sunday, July the 23rd, we'll be receiving a special birthday offering for Pastors Dave and Katie's birthdays because her birthday is the 21st, his birthday is the 24th, and so we're going to honor them. Uh, you know, purchase a birthday card for them as well and uh, write a note of appreciation for them, and then we'll be taking up a monetary offering for them on that day. All right. Okay, so that must mean that it's happy time, right? Okay, so it's happy time. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hands, and the ushers will be more than happy to give you an envelope. And the scripture for today is Psalm 37:25, and I am in the New King James. If I can find it right here, da 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 da. da. Where'd it go? There it is. <laughs> I even have a box around it. Okay, how how many of you know this is true? If you've been a believer all your life, I have been young and now I'm old yet. I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Amen. God is faithful. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, as long as you stay cuddled up close with Jesus, you know, and be a doer of the word of God when in his financial plans of tithing and giving offerings, then God's going to make sure that he rebukes the devourer for your sake. He's going to make sure that all your needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, you know, if you go up and look at that Philippians uh, verse there, 
My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But you cannot claim that unless you do what it says to do in the verses before, which means give offerings, okay? So don't go claiming all these verses thinking, well, why isn't it working for me? Well, maybe it's not working for you because you're not working the plan. Okay, you got to do it God's way. That's just the way it is in the kingdom of God. All right, let's say our financial faith confession and hallelujah. Here we go. You ready? Come on, stand up, please. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, over to you, Pastor Josh. Feel free to join us at the altar for worship.
Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for what you've done in our lives, what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we're so thankful for your holy written word, for the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Jesus, we want to thank you that you're in our life in a big way. And I believe for revelation knowledge for the people of God that are here tonight, for the ones out there that are watching in the social media realm. I just want to thank you that they're going to see things, hear things, and then know things they need to live a victorious Christian life. And we just want to praise you and thank you that greater is he that's in us, than he that is in the world. It doesn't make any difference 
what Satan has to throw our way, you're greater. And we overcome everything by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to look at verse 8 and verse 9. And uh, uh, I hope you're taking notes. I don't do outlines on Sunday night like Pastor Dave does on Sunday mornings. But uh, the title is, if you are taking notes, you can think like God thinks if you choose to. You can think like God thinks if you choose to. Now I want to read Isaiah 55, verse 8 and verse 9. I'll give you a chance to get there. I don't want to go too fast. I always, I always like to make sure you get to sit with your own eyes. I learned something a long time ago as a baby Christian. I was always a soul winner. I loved, I loved to help people receive healing, receive Jesus. And I learned something. I used to go, I used to go house to house to pray for people to teach them the Bible, to get them healed. And it was really hard to get a lot of Christians healed and easy to get sinners healed. Because a lot of Christians that went to different churches didn't believe in healing. You had to overcome their unbelief before you get them open to receive healing. God doesn't force anything on anybody. So I found out, for example, uh, different denominational people, their churches taught that maybe God would, maybe he wouldn't. That he picked and chose who he healed. And so when I went to their houses, I was so full of the word of God. And, you know, I, I really hate it when I hear Christians say, well, I know verses, but I don't know addresses. Well, let me tell you, you better know the addresses. That means where the verse is, the Bible, not so much for yourself as for somebody else. And so if I was at a, uh, just for example, a Catholic house, and they had a Catholic Bible laying there, I'd say, open up your Bible. That was their Bible that they had, that Grandma gave her, they'd had for generations. And I'd go to different verses in their Bible. Because uh, if I had my Bible, sometimes they, they've been programmed by different people. Well, they got a different Bible than you. And so if it was my Bible, they think, well, that, that couldn't be in my Bible. And so I'd have to open up the Catholic Bible and find the verses right there. There's because I knew addresses. Or if I was in a Baptist church, that good Baptist people, but they don't believe very strong on healing a lot of them. So we look at the Baptist Bible and the same verses be there. And so then we might be a Methodist or who knows whatever it was. So what I'm telling you is this, what I'm going to teach tonight, you need to start learning Bible verses and where they are if you're going to help other people. Of course, you want to help yourself, but when you're sitting there and they've had that same Bible in the family for a hundred years and nobody really read it or knew what was in it, they drove up that Bible then the devil can't tell them, well, they got a trick Bible they're showing you, because that was Grandma's Bible. Hey, man, do you see what I'm saying? We, as Christians, if we're going to receive God's best for us, we need to know where things are at. And if we're going to help somebody else, we need to know where they're at so we can show them in their own Bible. Is that good preaching or, or what? Hey, man, that's, that's things we need to know. And so I want to look at these verses right here. And it says in, in verse 8, God said this to the Old Testament believers. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Notice he didn't say, you can't have my thoughts. 
He didn't say you can't know my ways, but he said, mine aren't yours. And then verse 9, he says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And just something to think about, he was talking to Old, Old Testament Hebrews that weren't born again people. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them to teach them. We have the Holy Spirit in us to teach us. And we have the Word of God, especially the New Testament, to enlighten us to see and know God's thoughts. To know God's ways. And so he told these people, says, 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 mine are higher than yours. Because those people, now listen to this, they only think in the natural realm because they weren't born again. Well, in the New Testament, as born again Christians, we are new creations in Christ. We have the mind of Christ in us. But we're the ones that have to choose to start studying our Bible to learn some things. I want to give you an example, a different between how the world thinks and how God thinks. And this is how Christians should think. But I have to say that the majority of Christians don't think like something I'm getting ready to tell you. The world thinks, and a lot of Christians, that we're the sick trying to get healed. Don't you, is that how most Christians think? That I need healed, I need healed. We're the sick trying to get healed. But God says in his word, multiple places, we're going to look at some of them tonight, God says that you're the healed and Satan's trying to steal your healing. Satan's trying to make you sick. You are the healed already. Why would he say by Jesus stripes you were healed if God doesn't see you healed? God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are different than ours. God says, Barbara, I already healed you. He says, but you got to get your mind to see in that. You got to get your heart on that. Amen. This is just pure Bible I'm talking. Christians don't think high enough. Christians think like the world thinks, but God thinks much better than us. Amen. And uh, I think about John 10, John 10, 10. Who here can quote John 10, 10 for me? I see a hand in the back back there. I see another hand in the back. Shout real loud, one of the James boys and dads. Somebody shout it. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I came that you may have and enjoy life. In abundance to the fold till it overflows. And Jesus also said that if you've seen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, what the Father says, I say. What the Father does, I do. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. And Jesus said, the thief's the one come to steal, kill, and destroy. Is cancer a thief? Where'd it come from then? The devil. Is, is, uh, any disease you can think of a thief? Anything that comes to steal, kill, destroy your health is from the devil. But Jesus said, I come for you to have and enjoy life. You don't have and enjoy life if you're sick and in bed. Amen. If you die before your time, you sure didn't get to enjoy very much life. You get to enjoy heaven for a long time if you're born again. But Jesus wants you to live a long life. That's in the word of God. He wants you to live a healthy life. He doesn't want you to be sick. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying God said my ways are higher than yours. He never said, you can't know my ways. He said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He didn't say, you can't know my thoughts. Under the Old Testament, those guys couldn't tap into what we can because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And Jesus said in John 14, 26, that he's the teacher. He's the teacher of the church. He said, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. But let me tell you something I learned when I went to school years ago. Dummies 
that came to school and never opened their books got low grades. Only the students that actually read the books and studied the books got passing marks and got high grades. Uh, if, if I, you know, I just, I don't like to talk about me a whole lot, but just, just an example. Five years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. I wasn't afraid. I already knew the answer. I already knew what to do. And then in the midst of that, found a 99% blockage of my right coronary artery. I wasn't afraid. I already knew how to pass the test. Two weeks ago tomorrow, I had a major stroke. I was on an airplane, come back from Honduras, and on the airplane, I got hit with a stroke. I couldn't talk. I couldn't function. My wife was beside me on the airplane, said, said, what if you get attended, what if you get attended? My spirit man could tell, still make signals that I just, like that, and when I tried to talk, gibberish came out, because things wouldn't work. And so, by the time I got off the airplane, I was back to normal where I could move. I was kind of shook up. And then I spent a week at St. Mary's Hospital for lots and lots and lots and lots of tests. And they went through the things there. And they saw the results up here of what had happened. And had several doctors working with me. They said, you shouldn't be talking right now. They said, you shouldn't be walking. They said, you shouldn't be able to form thoughts right now. They said, there's a golf ball size, whatever they called it, on the back of my brain in a serious spot right there. So that's the part that controls your motor function, controls your balance, controls everything in you. And I only said that to say this, because I've done what I'm teaching tonight, I've got so much working in me that fights the good fight of faith. Even if my, my head wouldn't work, my spirit took over and knocked that thing out. Amen. And that thing they saw is getting smaller every day. How do I know that? Because I know the word of God. I've laid hands on it. I've spoken to it. And every day it's getting smaller and smaller. Back through the stage four blood cancer, my, my oncologist told me that I would never have an immune system that would fight disease. And she told me, well, I know you're a pastor. Said, don't get close to people without a mask. Still wanted that all the time. So all through the pandemic and all that stuff there, I, I did. I just went into the mask business. And so I knew what my calling was, and God wouldn't put me in a danger zone. And so I did what I did. And long story short, I said that to say this. For the last two years, she's never really come out and said it, but she reads the numbers there. And you know what my immune system is? Perfect. Sam, I'll never have a perfect immune system. You know what the heart doctor told me when I had that 99% blockage? He told me, go swim and climb mountains, do anything you want to do. Your heart's perfect. I want to say that again. I have the word of God working in me. I'm not teaching something that somebody told me worked for somebody else. It's worked in my life. And over and over and over again, the different things that I've been through in life, from the word of God that's in me, it came out of me. It came out of me because I don't just sit around watching as the world turns. I don't play on Facebook. I don't play games on Facebook. I look at Facebook on occasion. I like to see what's going on in my church and what people are saying. I like to see we have 24 great grandchildren, got another on the way. I like to see what my grandchildren around the world are doing and around the country are doing. I like to see what my kids I can't talk to all the time are doing. I like to see family things. I don't get on there just to play games. I'm serious about life. I'm serious about life. 
And so it's very real to me that through those attacks, I wasn't the sick trying to get healed. By his stripes, I was healed, and Satan didn't like it, so he tried to steal my healing. And so I did what I teach you. I stuck with the Word of God, and the Word of God stuck with me. Amen. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. And so anyway, uh, God talking to these Old Testament people told them, my ways are higher than yours. And I praise God that we shifted from the Old Testament to the New Testament because one of God's higher ways was he sent his son down here in the flesh to take the sins of the world. He became sin. He took sickness and disease. He took the curse. That's God's ways. And then, you know, I just think about it. I got I to stay on track for what I'm preaching. The first Corinthians chapter two, when he talks about what Jesus did, says Satan thought, now I've got him. God's son, he came down into hell to take our punishment. But then the word of God says, he says, had Satan known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Cause when he crucified Jesus, doing exactly what God wanted, he did that because if Jesus hadn't died for our sins, we'd have to pay the price ourselves. When he did that, Jesus raised from the dead. New Testament tells us that he was raised, we were raised. We're called Christians because Jesus Christ is the only Christ. But we're his descendants. We're Christ-like ones. And so we are all multiplied all across the planet. The little Jesus Christ running everywhere. This room right here is full of Christ-like ones. Christians, Christ-like ones. If Satan would have known he wasn't just killing Jesus, that was it. But he was praying to God's plan to multiply Jesus all over the earth. He wouldn't have done it. And so the same thing happens today. Had he known he couldn't kill Bernie Samples, but Bernie Samples just rise up and have another testimony to share the goodness of God, he'd never tried it. Man, one of these days you'd think he'd learn. Man, I want Christians to learn. And so listen now, as I teach you the word of God, I, I told those things, not to do bragging on me, bragging on Jesus, that what will happen in your lives if you will become really serious about your Christian faith. Now I want you to look at Romans chapter 12. Verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. If there's ever anything I could do that I can't do, I would be going into people's houses and sitting with them. And I would tell them, shut that stupid thing off and open up your Bible. I'd say, if you're going to look at YouTube... Go look at some sermons this church preaches or somebody else that preaches the word of God and study what the Bible says. Don't go study the problems that everybody else has. Start studying the Bible about your problems and listen to somebody tell you how to solve them. Amen? But I can't go to your house. I go to my house. And so in my house, I know what I do. And I can tell you, but it's up to you what you're going to do. You know, I like to say this. Life won't end in success, in success or failure by chance, but by choice. Amen. You're going, you're going to be a success in life by choice, or you're going to be a failure in life by choice. It's all according to what you want to do with your time. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. And you know what you're doing? Every time you play those social media games, and whatever else goofy stuff you do out there in the social media world, I don't know anything about it. The only TikTok I know is I like clocks. I got a big grandfather clock in my living room goes TikTok. I got another clock. I'm talking about mechanical clocks, not battery clocks. I've got a cuckoo clock. I got big chains on. It goes TikTok. 
That's the only TikTok I know. I don't know anything else about these TikToks. That's all I know. I hear this stuff all the time about these young people and probably some goofy old people. Play some kind of TikTok games. Who cares about a TikTok if you're dying? Who cares about a TikTok if you're going broke? Who cares about a TikTok if you got people in your family that are addicts to things? You ought to know about Jesus. You ought to know about the Word of God. And so it says, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so the world around us is programmed negatively about everything. They don't think healing. They think sick. They don't think abundance. They think losing. They don't think about love and forgiveness. They think about getting mad and getting even. They think totally different than the church. Christians are not going to win in life unless they reprogram their minds. You got to start thinking different. There's so, so many things I, I, I think about that I hear Christians say all the time and I see in their lives, they think, man, there's no way they're ever going to win this battle. Christians cannot talk like that. Pastor Dave really hit that good this morning. You can't think like that and talk like that and expect to get God's blessings. You're going to have to do some changing. And Pastor Dave talked about from Matthew chapter 12, for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I heard a man say years ago, and I've always found it to be true. You give me 10 minutes with anybody and let them do the talking, and I'll tell you what they believe. I'll tell you how well they know Jesus by just letting them talk for 10 minutes, just letting them do the conversation, because the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's, it's amazed me, some of the Christians I've been around, that tell me things like this. I just can't remember Bible verses. I, I'm not very good at that. My mind can't remember verses. And then somebody walks up and says, man, did you hear about that ball game? And man, they'll not only tell you about that ball game, what the score was, who pitched, the bad calls. Then somebody says, man, I'll tell you what, that 1927 Yankees team was awesome, wasn't they? And they'll tell you who the umpire was and what brand of jerseys those players wore and what the score was, but they can't remember Bible verses. If Christians, if Christians would give up some of their addictions they have to other things in this life, I'm not talking about alcohol, drugs, or those, I'm talking about different addictions of things of this world that they spend their time with, and they can begin spitting off Bible verses like they do scores of ball games and different other things or hit songs. That gets me too. Sometimes somebody says something about a song, and boy, somebody starts quoting off, well, yeah, that was 1957. That was 1980. Oh boy, 1990s. That was the year of the songs. And tell you all those songs, the lyrics, who sang them, what they did, what kind of guitars they had, the keyboards, everything like that. But I can't remember Bible verses. Well, do you ever open your Bible? Amen. What am I doing? I've tried to provoke Christians to love and good works. I've tried to provoke Christians to get get serious. And what if, what if stroke knocks on your door? What if cancer knocks? What if heart attacks knock? What have you got to answer with? Are you going to answer with, well, I'll tell you what, the first Super Bowl was played in 1952. And the quarterback was this, and then 1982, man, they had a big Super Bowl game. Well, I'll tell you what, lay Super Bowl score on the sick in the name of Super Bowl and see how many children you get. I'm moving right along. I'm getting some dirty looks, I think. No, this is serious. This is real. I just, you know, I don't like talking about me, but when I got born again, 
You know what I did Sunday afternoon? After being in church all morning, and back when I got born again, preachers preached for two or three hours. Our church wasn't usually over till at least, at least one o'clock. And then at nighttime, we came back at six o'clock. It wasn't over till nine o'clock. But I did Sunday afternoon. I went home with my sermon notes and my Bible. I spent the afternoon laying on my bed, reading my Bible. And that's why I can quote verses now. Did that for years and years and years and years. Is the word of God, the word of God. Because my pastor, when he drilled it into us, the value of the word of God, I thought nothing else matters. Had TV set in my apartment I lived in. You know, I did my TV set when I found out what a steal and kill and destroy machine that thing was. This is back when we had not these big things they got now. It was on wheels in a cabinet. I rolled it over to the wall. I unplugged it, put it up against the wall. I put a tablecloth over it so I wouldn't see it. And that's the end of my TV set. And so my wife and I today will hear somebody talk about a movie. And we'll happen to see a movie. We watch TV now, so... We see a movie like that was made in 1980. We'll get all excited about it and tell us, whoa, you know what we just saw? We'll come find out the thing's 40 years old. Well, we never saw it before. Amen. And that's why we have ammunition. We have cancer-killing ammunition. We have heart disease ammunition comes out of us. I don't have to call somebody on the prayer line because we are the prayer line. That we were the prayer line before we were preachers. And so he says, by the renewing of your mind, don't be conformed to the world. It, it just really is troubling when a Christian immediately hits panic, panic mode. If they hear, hear the word cancer concerning themselves or one of their loved ones. They hear a doctor say a word immediately. They're ready to throw in the towel. Because they got more of the world's thinking in them than the new Bible thinking. And so uh, we grew up and we were influenced. And still, if you feed on natural things more than biblical things, then you're still influenced more by what they say than what God says. I think about the COVID thing. It amazes me how many Christians got knocked for a loop over that word COVID. And I'm not taking it lightly. A lot of bad stuff happened out of that. But the Bible says, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and they shall recover. And then footnote, unless it's COVID. It doesn't say that. There's no footnote. He said, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. They shall recover. He says, I came for you to have and enjoy life and that more abundantly unless COVID attacks. He didn't say that. Christians were not thinking right when that thing hit. When things happen, Christians have got to think it right. And uh, my wife and I, by the way, have both been vaccinated. We've been double vaccinated. We've done the stuff. Our doctors advised us too. And I couldn't believe the division that came even in the body of Christ over vax or not vax. That's a decision Christians have got to make between them and their God. And so we prayed. I advised Christians to pray. I said, pray if I know what Jesus wants you to do. I said, don't judge me. Because we're getting vaccinated, I won't judge you because you don't. Amen? People have got to realize that your walk with Jesus is a personal walk. And for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. If God leads you one way to do something, leads me another way, who's right? We're both right for following God's will for our life. I've got to say it again, I'm no better preacher than you are shouting. Man, this is some stuff... 
to help believers live a victorious Christian life. And so mostly, mostly for your mind, it's influenced by the world's thinking unless you choose, unless you choose to be very selective about what kind of news you feed on, what kind of social media things you see. You got to be very selective about what you hear because he says, look at this verse again. I want you to see it. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means you've got to reprogram your mind. You know, I think about that. We, we, we've got iPhones. And if you got, you know, phones, you know that, that they do these updates sometimes. They reprogram them. They always say they're going to make them better. Sometimes I think they make them stupider. But anyway, they a lot of things they do improve them with. If you're going to improve your mind and reprogram your mind, renew your mind, there's only one place you go to. That's to your Bible in your prayer closet. In a service like this, we can give you a lot of information from the Bible. I just gave some personal testimonies and things about our life. But I got those because I've always had a place called my prayer closet. Amen. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 said, go to your prayer closet. And he said these words here. I want to get some other things to see, but I'm saying some things now that I want to flow to help you with. Jesus said, when you go to your prayer closet, he said these words three times. Your father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Well, I've got open reward now. I can teach the Bible. I can teach it with authority. And I can teach it with knowledge because I've been in my prayer closet in secret. And my father in secret saw me in secret. And he rewarded me openly by letting me teach other people what he taught me. But it got in my prayer closet. I've always said under good teaching. But I I took what I was taught to my prayer closet. And my prayer closet has been in a lot of places. It's mobile. When I I was a truck driver, my prayer closet followed me to the break room. Sometimes on a job, there's many people, so much noise. My prayer closet had had to follow me to the bathroom stall. I'd have a 10-minute break. And so my 10-minute break, I had a little Bible in my pocket. I'd go sit on my throne just to spend time with my father in my prayer closet. And so in 10 minutes, I could have a quick meeting with heaven. I'd get things in me. I'd come out all refreshed and ready to go again. And I always saw my prayer closet like a turtle. You know, a turtle has a shell. And the turtle would go anywhere and just go inside of a shell and hide from the world, just be inside there in his own little private place. That's what I've seen. Wherever I'm at, I, I can be at a restaurant. I was the time of the Lord. I just sit there by a little restaurant booth and have a little Christian book or my little Bible in front of me and close my eyes. I just kind of within myself be talking to Jesus, spend time in my prayer closet and get built up right there. Get some faith coming wherever I'm at. That's how this works. If you're going to renew your mind, you got to feed your mind the right stuff and you got to take the time to do it. And because of a busy lifestyle, we've all got to find out what works for us. Some people are morning people. Some people are night people. But the main thing is, whatever people you are, whatever it is makes you work, you've got to take advantage of the time. And I know especially women, that with all the work schedules they got, the house things, all they do, women really have to be wise about their time. But with all these new earbuds and everything they got, you can listen to preaching. I like to walk around the place where I live at. And when I walk around the place where I live and I got these earbuds, now I'm coming into the 21st century. My grandson gave them to me four or five years ago, but I've started using them now. So they're probably, they probably, probably a lot fancier now because I've seen the fancy ones, but I still got wires on them. I'll walk around though 
With my phone in my pocket, I listen to my pastor, Dr. Barclay, preacher from his church, walking around. Get edified. I mean, I can walk around and do a bunch of sightseeing. I can walk around and get some faith built up in me. But what am I doing? I'm constantly renewing my mind so I'll know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I have no doubt that God wants me well. I have no doubt that I am the healed and Satan wants to steal my healing. I have no doubt that Jesus wants me to have and enjoy life. Why is that? I've pumped myself full of the word of God. I've got it in my heart. I've got it in my mind. I'm walking in the will of God concerning healing because I've made the conscious effort to do that. And so, and so we have to know this. The new birth is instantaneous. This, this, this is a fact you've got to know. Being born again, when somebody says a sinner's prayer, when you say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. You were raised from the dead. Come into my heart. Forgive me. I want to be a Christian or whatever the words are you use. Right then, right then, you're born again. You turn from darkness to light. You're a new Christian. You're, you're a new creature in Christ. But now get this. You might want to write this down. But renewing your mind is a process. New birth instantaneous. Renewal of the mind's a process. And you can't take breaks from it. You gotta stay serious about it. You know, I hear, I hear, hear about a lot of different people going back to school and stuff. How hard it was going back because they hadn't been there for, for, you know, 20 years or however long it's been since they've been to college or whatever it is they're doing. Guess what? Same way Christianity. If you take a break from the Bible for a while, there's still things in you, but you're going to have to make yourself get back in the flow again. Once you get back in the flow again, if you see you have a few rough days where life takes over, that's happened to me. It happens to everybody. But I know one thing on the inside of me, and when I'm going through times of life where there's so many things grab my attention, pull me away all the time, I'm crying out, Jesus, you know I want to be with you. You know I want to get the word. You know I want to sit down with you. But Lord, these other, these things have overwhelmed us right now. But Lord, 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 don't let me get so far out there I can't get back. And then I immediately, when I get time, I say, Lord, I'm back to square one. Here I am, Jesus. I want to be with you now. This is my time. And matter of fact, I turn my phone off. I get my, I get my phone away from it because when it's time and I got a point with Jesus, I don't want somebody else's crisis to crash my life because I lose my anointing. Is this helping anybody? You know, you've got to make choices. You can think the thoughts of God. But it's something you've got to make yourself do. And so, if you want to know what God thinks about sickness and disease, you're going to have to get so full of the Word of God that like when I was on that airplane two weeks ago tomorrow and I couldn't talk, my spirit in here took over up here. I couldn't talk, like shake my head. She said, let me tell them to have an ambulance meet us when we land in, in which one was that, to Houston. Yeah, I was on our way to Houston. Said, let me have an ambulance waiting in Houston. That's all that come out for a while. But the thing was, my spirit man on the inside was fighting. And then Jesus, Jesus started coming out. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. And within about 15 minutes, I was back to talking again. But the whole thing was, that's because I've made the choice for 43 years to be a man of God according to God's word. 
I've fed on it. I've turned down a lot of things. Made a lot of people mad over the world because a lot of people mad over the years because they, oh, you're too good to go with us. I said, no, I've already got an appointment. Well, I knew who my appointment was with. My appointment was with Jesus in my prayer closet. I chose that to be more important than going to a party a lot of times. More important than other things that people thought was important to them. I would have loved to, but sometimes after been out in a truck for 45, 50 hours a week and only going to have a few, few, few hour break on a Saturday or something, I can't read my Bible and be with Jesus. I did not want to go out and face another week without the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Anyway, this verse then says that you may prove, and the Amplified Bible says, know for yourself. Know for yourself what God's will is for your life. You've got to know for yourself. I'm telling you the word of God. I've learned for myself what God's will is for my life. But you've got to know it for yourself. And if you want what I've got, you've got to do what I did. Amen. If you want what the world's got, do what they did. Now I want you to look at 3 John 2. And keep it in mind, we're talking about knowing the thoughts of God. And get your mind reprogrammed. But 3 John verse 2, this is one of those verses that our church teaches the light. A lot is like the John 10, 10 verse that the thief's one come to steal, kill, and destroy. But this is God talking. This is the thoughts of God. This is the ways of God. God said, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. Here's God, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle John. Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health. You want to know what God's will is for your life? He said, above all else, he wants you to prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy soul prospers. That's talking about your spiritual life. If you've got a puny, weak, sickly, almost non-existent spiritual life because you never read your Bible, never get alone and pray, if your prayer time consists of being in California traffic on one of these freeways, Throw up some popcorn prayers while you listen to Christian music. Uh, I don't like to use the word sucks. I just don't like that word, but I say it stinks. Your spiritual life stinks if that's your prayer closet. Everybody keep a straight face. Just keep a real straight face. I see the grins coming down. <laughs> if that's your prayer life, no wonder you're having the weakness that you have in times of testing. Amen. He said, even as your soul prospers, he wants you to live in health. And let me tell you something about that health there. I'm not teaching healing school currently, maybe will give someday. But in that, in that health there, there's two aspects of that health he's talking about. Number one, he's talking about healing and he's talking about living in divine health. God's word teaches that his best if you're not to get sick. That's divine health where you just don't get sick. You stay healthy. You stay well. Of course, you want to eat right, exercise right, get your sleep and do all the right things. But then at the same time, even people, even, 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 uh, I don't know what you call them, health food people, as super exercise people, all of a sudden something hits them, they die young. But God said, I want you to live in divine health. Just stay well. And then number two, divine healing is different than divine health. Divine healing is if you get sick, you know how to get healed. For the most part, all my Christian life, I lived in divine health. But as I've told you, I've been attacked. But I know how to get healed. 
That was divine healing. And so God said, above all else, I want you to prosper and live in divine health, but receive healing if you need it. But the qualification, even as your soul prospers. And I don't want to go much about the soul, because I want to shift gears a minute. Remember Psalms 23, verse 3, he restoreth my soul. Well, what that means is your mind. He wants you to get to thinking like Adam and Eve thought in the garden before they fell. See, when mankind fell, their soul got hit. And so he says, restoreth my soul. God wants us to get back to thinking like Adam and Eve thought. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 30, he says, we have the mind of Christ. Write that verse down. You need to see that. 1 Corinthians 2, 30, we have the mind of Christ, but... But people, Christians, need to understand the difference between a spiritual mind and a natural mind. The mind of Christ is in our spirit. That's a spiritual thing. Our spirit thinks like Jesus thinks. Our spirit is brand new. And our mind is part of our earth suit, comes from our brain process. And so that's why it has to be renewed. And when our mind gets renewed, it becomes an agreement with the mind of Christ that we already have. And they become working together. It's easy to think sick. I mean, it's easy to think healing over sick. It's easy to think abundance over poor. It's easy to think love over hate. When you begin to agree with what's on the inside. And so that's why he says he restoreth my soul. He wants us to start agreeing with him that lives in us. The mind of Christ is here. The mind of Christ isn't up here to help you learn math. You have to study math yourself. The mind of Christ isn't up here to help teach you how to work on cars. You have to study that yourself and learn how to do car stuff. The mind of Christ is here to help you win in life and navigate through life. Be able to handle uh, healing issues, child training issues, social issues. Whatever comes your way, that is here. But you have to renew this with the word of God so that this here won't snuff that. Amen. Can you see that? And so that's the third job too. But I want to show you God's process for getting the word of God off the pages into your heart to get your head changed. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. And there's a difference between meditation and memorization. Memorizing is just using your head, basically. That's just over and over and over and over and over again, trying to get something into your head. But meditation here, we're going to see something different. It's how you get the Word of God programmed into your heart, where it takes over your head. So the Word of God's not in your head, but it's in your heart first. Verse 1. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And to me, that means more than hanging around with ungodly people. That ungodly is basically non-word people. That can be Christians too that never read their Bibles. Because they're going to have wrong thinking, wrong talking, wrong doing. Uh, the walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. If you feed on social media injustice all the time, social media garbage all the time, ungodly bad news 
on TV, internet, or wherever you read it at, versus the good news of the Bible, then guess what? You're hanging out with ungodly people. And they're going to form your opinions about politicians. They're going to form your opinions over issues like COVID things. They're going to form your opinions about faith preachers. And so he says right here, the man's going to be blessed that don't hang out with those kind of things. And I want to say again, that includes internet things. It says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. So there must be a difference between ungodly and sinners, right? And so ungodly can be Christians that still do wrong things all the time and don't want to change. They say, I'm a Christian, but what's that old saying? If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. Well, if it's a Christian that still wants to cuss and dope and booze and gossip and have sexual perversion in their life, then guess what? Maybe they're not a Christian. And nor, nor stand in the way of sinners. That means don't hang out with sinners. But see, that's got to be clarified because Jesus told us he came to save sinners. We're supposed to go to our world and preach the gospel. So there's a difference. I learned this years ago. There's a difference between going to an event that's most of sinners, going there as a participant, as going there on assignment as a missionary. But they're having big booze and events and things in my family, which I'm not around them much anymore because they're all long, long gone. I always went with the purpose. I'm not going there as the old birdie to drink and do the things they do. I'm going there on assignment from Jesus. He wants me to go there, mix in with them, and then I'll be able to do what I got to do. I always work the crowds. I work the crowds. One time, I had, I've got brothers that right now, they're still not where they ought to be. And years ago, back in Indiana, we were already pastored, but I got a phone call one day, and one of my brothers, I mean, he called me hundreds of times probably, wanting me to come down and have a beer with him. He called me this day, Mr. Patrick stand beside me, said, hey, come on down here, man. Uh, so-and-so, et cetera, et cetera. And on the inside, I knew the Holy Spirit said, go. I looked up at her. I said, Jesus wants to go to that tavern. And so I went down there to my brother, and I got a Pepsi or a Coke or something, sitting on the pool table because they were shooting pool and drinking beer and doing all their stuff like that. Long story short, I led two men there to the Lord, and one of them pioneered a church, became a pastor, the other guy was an associate pastor. Amen. I didn't go there to hang out with sinners to do what sinners do. I did what Jesus did. I went to all the world, and that tavern was part of the world. And so I always... When there's events going on like that, I check on the inside. What does Jesus want me to do? And you know the best place to win sinners? It's not really in church. It's where sinners go. But I don't go to hang out with sinners to sin. I hang out with sinners to win. Amen. Amen. Can you see the difference? Amen. Don't be so goofy religious. You can't go out there and do some fishing sometimes. Did Jesus say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? He knows where the fish are biting. I want to say that again. He knows where the fish are biting, and sometimes they're biting in the Paragon Tavern. You know how many times I've been back to the Paragon Tavern since? I haven't been back ever again. When I'm back in Indiana Vista, a lot of times I drive past that old tavern. But you know what? I don't think, man, I'd like to go there again since there's more sinners in there today. I know there are probably a few Christians too. Moving right along. So back to Psalms 1. As I'm keeping up on my pages. Psalms 1 says, 
You don't hang out with those people, but your delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, that's the word of God, that they meditate day and night. Now, this is what I'm talking about, how to get your mind renewed, get the word of God so strong in your spirit. It comes out to speak to your mind and makes your mind shut up and get alive with the word of God. To meditate in the word day and night. That word meditate means an active recitation, a re-speaking of God's word. A re-speaking of God's word. Hebrew actually means to ponder by talking to yourself. To ponder by talking to yourself. And so when I learned that, really probably the first year I say so, for probably 42 years or longer, I've been always reading my Bible out loud. What I do at home, I've done that, I got in the habit when I had a bunch of kids at home, I've always had earplugs, like you use in your factories and places. Even at home now, I stick earplugs in my ears because what I do, it shuts out any kind of sound there is. I read the Word of God out loud, and that helps block off my mind so my spirit, man, gets it quicker. It's like just like a big injection of the Word goes right to my spirit, and it keeps cluttering out of my mind, and I read it out loud. That's how I learned 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.16 and 17. And I go on and on and on and on and on. But the thing is, that's how I got it in there. And I'm looking at all your faces right now. I'm thinking how much Jesus loves everybody sitting in here, how much I love them. And I want everybody in here, if the cancer test ever comes, to pass it quick. If diabetes ever hits, to pass it quick. To whatever it is, if it hits, to be able to pass the test quick. And this is how you do it. If you don't become a meditator of the Word of God, forget that memorizing stuff. I mean, you know, remember, remember, memorize sports scores if you want to. I've had people tell me, Pastor, I just can't memorize the Bible. And I'll look at me and I say, I can't either. Who? Huh? I said, I've never memorized it. I've meditated in it. And when I meditated in it, Jesus said, Jesus said, John 14, 26, everything I've said to you, I'll bring to remembrance by the Holy Ghost. Said the Holy Ghost will teach you. He'll remind you. That's why when I'm up here preaching and teaching the Word of God, stuff will come out of here. None of it's coming out of my head. It's coming out of my heart. It has to come through my head to get out. So what did the devil want to hit somebody with a stroke try to knock their head out? But it comes through my spirit into my head, and that's the Holy Spirit reminded me. You can memorize ball scores, memorize phone numbers, and all that kind of stuff. If you just try to memorize the Bible, you're going to be a head knowledge Christian and not have much in here. And so meditation from the Bible means to read the Bible out loud. You got to talk it to yourself. You got to talk about it. I remember, I remember four people see me praying and I never tried to be public about my prayer, but when you're working on a freight dock, nobody around you, just you, I'd, I'd have a two wheeler or something walking up the freight dock, just kind of talking the word of God out loud. And a few times I say, well, are you talking to yourself? I go, yeah. Well, do you answer yourself? Yeah. They don't know what to say then, man. The goofy joke's over with. Because I'm telling the truth. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. What am I doing? I'm pondering the Word of God. I'm repeating the Word of God out loud. I'm not doing it for show. I'm doing it for go. Because I want to go and preach the gospel. And I want to be able to walk in the power of God. Amen. And so anyway... To think the thoughts of God, you got to read the thoughts of God. And it's really going to benefit you to read them out loud, especially in your prayer closet. And 
I learned this a long, long time ago as a baby Christian. It's not the quantity that you read, it's the quality. It's the quality. I remember the first years I saved, there's a, there's a Christian told me, and, you know, not being critical, there wasn't a lot of fruit in life. Said, I read the Bible through every year. And I was a baby Christian, just learned it, and I knew nothing about the Bible, but I started to learn. And Jesus immediately said, really, really, very plain in my heart, he said, I would rather you read one verse this whole year and read the verse and read the verse and live the verse than read the whole Bible and know nothing. And so I decided right then I wasn't going to go for a feather in my cap and bragging rights how many times I read the Bible. And I'm not putting down on anybody. Everybody do whatever they want to do. I have only read the Bible through one time, one year. I got a chronological Bible and I went through it the whole year. That was the toughest year I ever had. I read through that whole thing, all, the, all those names and all that stuff and all those things like that. You know what they did to help me? Nothing. You know what I got? I guess I got a star on my chart if somebody keeping a chart. I'm just going to give you a real quick look at about three healing verses that uh, if you don't know these, start learning these, start reading about loud, praying about loud, talking about loud. At the first sign of sickness or disease attacking your body, start repeating these. And these are the word of God, the thoughts of God that will help you overcome. Matthew chapter 8. I, I heard, I was watching Oral Roberts' tent crusade the other day on YouTube. And Oral Roberts said Matthew chapter 8 is his favorite healing chapter. I guess I'm talking to the wrong crowd because probably half of them here are more don't even know who Oral Roberts was. How many here know who Oral Roberts was? I was right, about half, about half. Oral Roberts had a great, great, great healing ministry back in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Etc. Etc. For a long, long time, and hundreds of thousands of people got healed through Oral Roberts' ministry. But he was a great man of God. But Matthew chapter eight, I want you to look at verse sixteen and verse seventeen. <clears throat> and this is what I mean by meditate the Word of God out loud. I, I read these verses here just about every day out loud. It says when the evening was come, they brought unto him Jesus. Many that were possessed with demons. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. And when I read that, I say, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That's meditating the word of God. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, now look at this, he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And when I read that, I make it first person. I say, Lord, according to Matthew eight seventeen, you took my infirmities and you bear my sicknesses. I say, Lord, according to Matthew eight seventeen, you took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. That's why I can get up in front of a congregation and tell you where Matthew eight sixteen and seventeen is, because I always quote the location of the verse with the verse. I always do that. And if you would begin to learn verses that way, not just quote the verse but the address with it that automatically when you quote the verse, you say the address. Does that make sense to anybody? Automatically, you know the address if you learn the address right up front. And so this is how you meditate the Word of God. 
You open a simple little verses like that. Don't try to read the whole chapter. The whole chapter is awesome, but I read it all the time. I have for years. But if you're going to get healing in you, so if you have a physical attack on yourself, one of your loved ones or somebody else, immediately, immediately, you tell them, isn't it wonderful to have the good news? According to Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus already took your sickness. And listen again, I want to say this. I started this off this way from Isaiah 55. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. What's God's thoughts? God's thoughts are, Jesus took your sickness. In other words, you don't have to beg God for healing. Jesus took your sickness. If you're going to think like him, and then also, you don't have to go on Facebook and say, if I get a thousand people to pray for my dad, Jesus might heal him. Well, a thousand people is not going to get healing for your dad. Jesus has healing out there already. And with you pray for your faith in Jesus and do your part to talk to your dad, unless your dad already knows about healing, that's where you're... All it takes is one person reaching up to heaven. It doesn't take 10,000. And you know, uh, I don't know if we've got any religious people in here or not. Jesus in the Bible does not have a prayer chain. He broke the chains of bondage off the human race. He took the chains off. He didn't make chains. And by the way, Jesus doesn't have a prayer tree in the Bible either. There was one tree in the Bible called the cross of Calvary. Jesus hung on that tree and he came off. And so, uh, I don't run, I don't want to run people off their watches online. We don't have a prayer tree here. We don't have a prayer chain here. We have people that pray to Father in the name of Jesus and we get answers here. Amen. Amen. Where's the clapping at? I saw somebody wanting to, but they didn't. (laughs) I'm going to look at two more verses that are go-to verses all Christians should know. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And... To get these verses activated in your life, you are going to have to have a quiet place to read these out loud. Get these into your heart. The mind of Christ is there, but you have a natural mind. And to get your natural mind renewed, these have got to come alive in your spirit to be able to override your mind so that your mind does not stop God from working in your life. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Jesus said... And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my Bible, I wrote a lot of things around that one phrase right there. I wrote, this means me because I'm a believer. These signs follow me because Jesus said these signs follow believers and I'm a believer. You've got to make the Bible personal to you. And then he said, in my name. And in my Bible, I wrote that because that's the key. The name of Jesus. He said, believers in the name of Jesus, and for the sake of time, I'm going to go to the last part of this verse, uh, verse 18. He said, the believers in the name of Jesus shall lay hands on the sick, and they what? They shall what? Recover. And so I read these verses out loud. I have for 43 years. I read these verses out loud in my prayer closet. I quote these verses all the time, probably every day. I quote these verses. They come out of me. 
And so at the first sight of sickness, well, as a matter of fact, somebody this morning, one of the ladies of the church, passed her in the hallway, she's on crutches. <laughs> if she's in Walmart, I would have done the same thing, or stayed her brother, I'd have done the same thing. I said, what happened to you? I said, I broke my ankle. I, my hands, whoop. My husband's standing right there. My hand went up on her shoulder. I said, I know he's already prayed for you, but I'm just going to agree. I said, Father, I want to thank you. The Lord of God's going through her body. You're speeding up the healing process, and she's getting better every day. And they said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor. Didn't make any difference in the church or where it was. I'd have done the same thing. Why is that? I'm a believer. She was the sick. Jesus said, we lay hands on the sick. In his name, they shall recover. And I fully expect to see her out of that thing sooner rather than later. Amen? But that happened because I have spent my time all these years meditating in the Word of God, get it in my heart, so that I'm back because I don't even think about it. I, I, in airports, restaurants, you'd be surprised the places before I realized what I did, I had hands on a stranger praying for him. I just do that. Because I'm a believer, and Jesus said they shall recover. If you get yourself, your mind renewed to where you think that way, when you see sick, you think, man, I've got the answer for sick. It's in my hands. Just lay my hands on them. In his name, they shall recover. Is this helping anybody at all? Amen. Amen. If I if I can come out there, I come around to every one of you, and somehow open your head, pour into you, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm not going to think, well, boy, that was just a nice sermon. But I'm going to start getting serious about having some time with Jesus. We're not talking about two hours at a time, unless you got that time. We're talking about 10, 15 minutes a day. If you just a little time you got, just start taking that time to meditate the Word of God and get it. So that's one verse there. I want to look at one more verse. 1 Peter 2.24 and if this doesn't light your fire, your wood's all wet. First Peter 2.24 And anybody that's a Christian will agree at the first part of this verse. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. And I see people, the times I do see other people's Postings, things like that. A lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of ministries will, will quote this verse at the last part they leave out for some reason. A lot of people quote this verse that Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree. We're dead to sin. A lot of people post that, but why do they leave the last part out? By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. By Jesus' stripes ye were healed. And so, for us as Christians, if we're going to think the thoughts of God, remember he said, my thoughts are higher than yours, my ways are higher than yours. God says that when Jesus took your sins, he took your sick. Amen. And so if you believe that Jesus took your sins, the first part says that, just go ahead and believe the last part too. Amen. And so you should hate sickness like you hate sin. Jesus and the Father, they hate sin, so Jesus took it. Jesus the Father hates sickness, so Jesus took it. And so if our thoughts are going to come up higher, we have to start thinking that way ourselves and be and turn from being begging Christians for healing to thanking Christians. That we thank you, Jesus, you healed me. 
and then do what's necessary if you have to. Lay hands on yourself. Get the preacher to lay hands on you. Say, if you lay hands on me, I believe I'll receive my healing because Jesus already said I was healed. And then always remember this. We are not some goofy church with false doctrine that says you don't need doctors in medicine. If you need doctors, get to the doctors. You need medicine, take the medicine. But when I got diagnosed with cancer, cancer, I told this whole church, my number one offense and defense is Jesus and his word. And now I'll go to the hospital, start getting chemotherapy. But the number one thing is, is Jesus and the word first. That is first. But then I'll take whatever else I get. But it's not, God's not going to be secondary. He's first. Amen. So you can think the thoughts of God if you want to. You can walk in the ways of God if you want to. It's a choice. Amen, amen, amen. That's it. Good night. We're going home. After we pray. Well, let's stand up. And, you know, basically we taught on your mind tonight, the value of getting the Word of God working in you, but at the same time, we taught on healing. And so, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, of what was taught tonight, for people to be more serious about the Bible, there's also faith for healing. And so if you've got pain in your body, if you've had a diagnosis that you believe Jesus wants to heal you from, and we've shown that he does, then come up here. I've got hands. Mrs. Pastor has hands. And Leah has hands. And guess what? We are believers. And the good news is you are too. And so if you need healing from Jesus, not from us, but from Jesus, they come up here want to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything else, that's fine too. But the main thing is, we want to see you leave here tonight with everything that you came for from Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus
media, I pray for the ones here that there was a fire lit under them tonight to cause them to want to lay down time stealers and life stealers had to get more serious about your word about getting things working in their lives that need to work so they can win the battles easier that they've been fighting Lord I thank you for that and Jesus we just want to thank you for churches like this around the world, around this country, to equip your people for victorious Christian living and let our light shine bright everywhere we go that people ask us, how come we're able to smile? How come we're able to enjoy life? And then that easily opens the door to say it's because of Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Are we ready? All right, here we go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. 
Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.